Hailing from the heartland of America, atop the high bluffs of Western Iowa, comes the voice of the church. God himself blew on history so that there would be a light. A timely message, convicting words, burning with passion for righteousness and justice again. Why don't you believe in something this morning? Why don't you believe in a church? Why don't you believe in the glory of dominion that God gave us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community, that we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're gonna answer for them. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth not shall be damned. So what do you really believe? People that believe in Jesus Christ, that He was buried, that He was resurrected on the third day, that He's coming again, and that men will answer for every idle word and every wrong deed, that there is justice beyond the grave. That is the statement that is made when you see a church and a steeple and a cross in a community and in a nation. And God cares about this building and He cares about the churches that sprinkle the landscape of this nation. And He wants them to be filled with people that have some passion, that understand what it means to be a Christian, that aren't slobs drooling with all of their candy and their chocolate and their soda and their entertainment wanting to hear a preacher to tell them that they're just fine the way that they are and they don't need to change and they don't need to worry about repentance. They don't need to get the sin out of their life. Those are not good preachers. And those are not legitimate churches. And their buildings become an aggravation and a mocking point. And if you go to Europe today, you'll see cathedral after cathedral that were beautiful. And they're empty. And if we don't get right in this nation, that's going to happen. Look around you at the sloth. Look at the empty pews. Look at the big gaps. They didn't want to hear the truth. Believe in something today. Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the sermon. This is Extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus, which is from the Latin meaning, outside the church there is no salvation. This morning we will continue to dismantle some of the wrong thinking that has inundated the church by an overemphasis of your personal salvation and you and Jesus and it's between me and the Lord and there's so rampant, so common. Uh, they will hurt the church with their mouth. They will act ugly in front of other people and do wrong things, never apologize, never humble themselves, and then leave and disconnect completely from the body and think that they can get away with it. You can't get away with that. You will live in a deficit of grace for the rest of your living days on earth unless you right some wrongs that you do against the body of Christ. You will be at a shorthand on grace and you will not recapture it until you go back and you apologize to the people you've hurt. It's absolutely true. And this is the doctrine of Jesus Christ talking to the disciples. He said that when they went into a certain city, if they were not received and their authority was rejected, the words that they gave were not listened to, they were to hold their peace 
keep their peace, not share it with the city, shake the dust off their feet and leave. And Jesus said it would be a testimony against them in the day of judgment. There are some things that are deferred into the judgment seat and it has a direct impact on how we handle the divine deposits of grace that come from God through the pipeline I've been showing you in the scripture. And if you are not careful, you will cut yourself off from grace and you'll live a a limping, damaged, gimped Christian life all the way to the bitter end. And you cannot fulfill your purpose, you see. You can't accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish in life if you have cut yourself off from the grace pipeline that God has constructed in the scriptures. Turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 10. We said that the church is the only institution on earth that is uniquely granted the deposit and the gift of the grace of Jesus Christ only the church. You cannot have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a theological impossibility for you to know Jesus as your savior and to talk to him and have him listening to your prayers and responding to your prayers in a legitimate way. You might be caught up in imaginations. You may think, that's what we call flaky people. They go off in their own prayer closet. They don't ever submit to any church in town, but they pray, 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 pray all the time. And they have this this deep, intimate relationship and they love to broadcast it to everyone to show how spiritual they are. And they're trapped in a world of make-believe because the Bible is explicit. It is very clear. You cannot truly have an intimate, loving, one-on-one personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ if you do not access his goodness and who he is through the body of Christ. And I I illustrated this to you a couple of weeks ago, how silly it would be for me to talk about how much I love Molly and how much I'm so glad that we have this deep personal relationship. It's just that I don't really wanna be around her body. You know how foolish that would sound if I describe my wife that way to anyone. But we describe Jesus that way continually in the modern church. We don't want to submit to the church. We don't want to submit one to another. We can't work out our problems with the person sitting next to us in the church. And then we sit in the seat of the scornful, begin to try to justify cutting off ourselves from the grace of God. And we start to nitpick and criticize everybody around. And this church is this way and that preacher's that way. And we start to build a case because at least what's left of our conscience knows you gotta have a good reason to completely dishonor the local church. So we start building our case, nitpicking and poking and picking. And, and making our long list to, to Santa on all the problems that, that we're having and why God should allow us to be mean to the local church and disgraceful. And what happens is you're cutting yourself off from grace in the same kind of example that the Apostle Paul gives us of the marriage bed. He said that uh, there is a time stamp on the appetites that God has designed in our bodies. For example, you have to drink water. If you go too long without water, you will die. God programmed us when he created the world, we must eat food. If we do not eat food, we will die. So at the creation of man, it's enshrined in nature. It is also true, you remember Jesus said, we don't live by natural food or bread alone, but by the word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So there is also a truth all the way back to the Genesis story that you require spiritual food, spiritual nourishment at regular intervals. And if you do not receive the food, I mean, you can have someone sitting at the table in the wilderness with the food prepared and hand it to them and they sit and refuse to eat it. 
And there are people for all kinds of different reasons, you know, frustrated with their wife or their husband, makes them come to church, or they only come to church to keep their wife happy. You know, this goes on all the time. This is not a shock. We all know that there's all kinds of attitudes in this room every Sunday. You, you can just see it. If you stand up here, you really see it. And so there's all kinds of issues. People come in there, they've been fussing and fighting about how to spend their money before they got to church. Uh, couples get upset. You know, the Bible says if a couple gets upset and they're not walking in love with each other, God will not listen to your prayers. And we've lost this horizontal thing about how we treat other people and how we walk in the body of Christ. We think that we can just have a personal relationship with Jesus and go off and pray like, and pretend everything's fine when we just got done yelling at our wife. The Bible says that God is in heaven. When you pray and you haven't got things right with your spouse, God's going, I'm not talking to you. I'm not listening to you. I'm not talking to you. Go fix it with your wife. Somebody say amen. I saw elbows jabbing when I said that. I did. I went, mmm. And that's good. But it's true in the marriage. It's also true in the church. If you don't walk right with the pastoral authority that God's put in your life, your prayers go unanswered. Because Jesus said, if you give someone a cup of cold water, it's like you're giving it to me. Jesus explained to us how he receives your love. And a lot of people talk about when I get to heaven someday, I'm gonna hug Jesus, I'm gonna thank Jesus. I love Jesus, I just can't stand his body. Well, how far would that go if I said, I, just, I love my wife, I just can't stand her body. There's something wrong in your relationship if you can't stand your wife's body but you love her. That's weird, you know, and you can't talk about God like that. You can't say, I love Jesus, but I hate your body. Or I, I, I really value you, Lord, but I really don't wanna be around the church. I would rather watch television. You're not communicating love. Jesus showed you how he receives love. Feed my sheep, feed my, do you love me, Peter? Well, Lord, you know, I, then feed my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? Lord, I, I love, then feed my sheep. Jesus receives love from you and he feels it through how your love is expressed sideways. I really resent the selfishness that has crept into the body of Christ, overemphasizing my personal salvation. Well, me and Jesus are fine. It's just la, 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 la. No, you and Jesus are not fine if you're not fine with the body of Christ. Get right with the body of Christ or Jesus isn't even listening. And this is where I see demonic influence enter into people's lives, especially people that pray. They're given to prayer. They'll cut themselves off from the grace of the body, not understanding the very, very basic and important principles of the church right out of the scripture, completely ignore it, think that they can be independent of the body of Christ and have their own super grace and their own super prayer life. And Jesus isn't listening to them, much less answering them, but they're hearing voices. And they'll start to tell you all their revelations that they're getting, and it is demonic. That's what we call flakiness. People get off into weird flakiness because they do not have a right attitude with the body of Christ, and they think they can have this private, personal thing over on the side that is completely disconnected from what God is actually doing on earth. And here's what God is actually doing on earth. Listen carefully. He's building strong local churches. That's what God is doing. That is what God has been doing since Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's what God's doing today in the world. What is God doing with all the calamity around us in America, all the problems that this nation has because it has walked away from biblical principles? What is God doing? He's building a strong local church. 
He is interested in you learning and being discipled and becoming a strong soldier to establish his kingdom. And then you are, by the grace God gives you through the church, you're sent back out into this troubled, messed up world to apply the grace that you have in your life to correct and right wrongs. And so we believe in a church that primarily, first and foremost, wants to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ and have them born again so that they can go to heaven. But we also know that that's not the only thing we're supposed to be doing. After we get born again, we have a mission to do here. And it has to do with loving our neighbor as ourselves. Somebody say amen. So how do you love Jesus? What, if Jesus was hot and Jesus was thirsty, would you give him a cup of cold water? Everybody said, well, of course. Well, then give a cup of cold water to the person on your left and right when they need it. And Jesus says, it's just like you've done it for me. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. Our country is no longer in need of a great awakening. America is in need desperately of a resurrection. Now there's a difference between a resurrection and a great awakening. In far too many American churches, the Great Commission has been reduced. The emphasis is on really getting people ready to die. But the church is not here to get people prepared to die so much as we're here to equip people and how to truly live. I've written a new book that talks about this. It's called A Storm, A Message, A Bottle. You can get a copy of the book at beyondthewallsradio.com. God bless you. Welcome back to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever, somebody say whosoever. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now the Bible says how you're saved. You're saved by, all right? So in order for you to get grace, through which you're saved, you have to call upon the name of the Lord. Who gets to call upon the name of the Lord? Whosoever, all right? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? The pathway of grace is being explained. The whosoever, that's you, in order to accept the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, all grace is given to Jesus, but I want you to see Grace does not come directly from Jesus straight down to you. So important. You wouldn't know Jesus, none of you, not a single one of you in this room. You would not know Jesus had it not been for somebody in the body of Christ. Somebody prayed, somebody preached, you heard it and you believed it. Had it not been for other human beings on your left and on your right, you would be on your way to hell. They are the pipeline of grace. So we've got a whosoever that needs to be saved and they want to, they got to call out, but they're not going to call out unless they first believe. But you can't just believe anything. You can't just believe in, in unicorns and rainbows. You've got to believe something specific. Well, what does it say? Let's keep reading uh, Romans 10, verse 13 again. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So people believe the things that they hear, but it can't just be anything. I said last Sunday, I heard birds chirping. Last night I heard thunder, did you hear it? Lightning shook everything, woke me up. 
Hearing thunder doesn't cause you to believe anything in particular that would cause you to call out in the name of the Lord and be saved. So you need to hear something specific. This is the pipeline to heaven. So first, you're the whosoever. Then you have to believe. And you believe because you heard something. And you heard something because why? It says this, verse 14, how should they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Somebody say it with me, grace flows sideways. You need to understand this because grace flowed sideways to you when you came to the Lord Jesus Christ. It keeps flowing sideways to you for the rest of your life. I'll say it like this, it will keep flowing sideways even in heaven, grace flows sideways. I am the Lord, I change not. So what, what kind of preacher, any preacher? No. There's all kinds of false preachers. Jesus warned us. He said, beware of the false preachers who come to you looking like sheep dressed in the skin of a sheep, but within there are ravening wolves. So it can't just be any preacher. It's got to be specifically a kind of preacher. And the verse goes on and tells us, um, look at verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? So I'm going to write sent. And up here, we've got heaven. Somebody is divinely sent from heaven. Now, I want to back up the story a little bit and explain this to you. We're going to turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. And then the, the scripture here in Romans 10 goes on to say, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Now, there's several reasons why that is said. One is that the feet in that culture, wearing sandals with no socks and shoes like we have, Feet were considered the very dirtiest, grossest part of your body. I mean, your feet were just vile in that culture. And the worst part of human beings is absolutely beautiful if that part brings you the grace to save your soul. These preachers are sent from heaven. Go back to Ephesians 4, and we're going to find out what our connection is, how we get connected to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that over in Matthew 18, 7, talking about the importance of being connected properly, not where you want to be, but where God wants you to be, so that you have legitimate grace and you're not out in a sort of a floating place where you're not connected, you're just floating in never, never land, not really knowing what you're supposed to be doing and unsure of everything and not accomplishing anything for the kingdom. That's not grace. Grace doesn't do that to you. Grace makes you productive. Grace makes you uh, fulfilled. Even going through difficult times and struggles, you're fulfilled in your innermost being because grace is flowing in your life. You can see two people go through the same problem. I've observed it in this body over the years when, for example, Gateway, years ago, Gateway was just terrible. I mean, they'd shut down and lay off everybody and then they'd restart. Some people get back in, some people wouldn't. I watched the difference between people in the church that were connected right in the church. And I observed this without having to say anything, just observed it. They worked in the same department, faced the same problem, same financial peril, not sure where I'm gonna work. And you'd see the person that you know they're right with God, just go through it with a confidence. It's gonna turn out okay. And then the same guy in the same church that's not right with the church and has all kinds of issues and isn't connected right, absolutely falling apart the seams over the exact same tribulation. So the way that you're connected to one another, the way that you relate to the body of Christ, 
and how you receive the benefit of the grace of the people in this room strengthens you to help you get through difficult times. I don't know any simpler way to explain that. And if you aren't properly seated in, grafted into the vine with the life-giving sap of the Lord Jesus Christ in that vine feeding you his life, then you are not going to react to the same pressure in the same way. So there's some sermons that just don't ring my bell quite like others, but it's important to be in church. And there are things I understood when I was six years old. I'm just not really given to that. I don't want to go listen to that kind of teaching because it's boring to me. And I'm a preacher and I love the Bible. I could sit and study the Bible and forget to eat. I love the Bible, but certain kinds of teaching and preaching just bore me. But I'm smart enough to know that I still need to sit down in church on Sunday because I need grace. Think of it as being blood in your body. Because Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. What if you just cut the blood flow off to one of your arms? You know, blood's been flowing through my arm for so many years, I'm just bored with that. I just think I'll just tie a shoestring around my arm real tight and just save my blood for something else. What would that do? So if you don't come in a regular interval, as was established in creation, and sit down in church, whether that particular sermon is just really making you excited or not, you are cutting off the blood flow that comes from the body. The people in the room are bringing, they don't even know it sometimes, but they're bringing their grace and sitting down in this room and that grace is going into you and you're absorbing the strength of the body of Christ sitting next to you. Now, Paul said, behold, I speak of a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church when he was talking about marriage. And it's interesting, the Bible says that together, a husband and wife inherit the grace of life. That's a fascinating scripture because it parallels with the church. You do not inherit the grace of Jesus Christ alone. You inherit the grace of Jesus Christ together. And so in the same way that the apostle goes on in another text, he said it is, it is forbidden, it is unlawful, it is unfair, and it is an injustice against your spouse for a married couple to go without agreement between one another too many days without having sexual intercourse. That is an injustice and you are forbidden to do that to your spouse. Even if you don't want to, the Bible says your body does not belong to you, it belongs to your spouse. And you are to care for their needs and make sure that their appetite at a regular interval is being satisfied because it is a good holy appetite that God made. So God made the appetite in you that at regular intervals needs water to live. God put the appetite in you that at regular intervals needs food to survive. God put in you an appetite that at regular intervals on the seventh day, the day of rest, at least once out of every seven days in that cycle, you do not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the appetite, your spiritual hunger, needs to be fed every seven days, except for in particular instances where Jesus even said, come away a while and let's rest. So Jesus believed in vacations and you need to have a vacation. Uh, you know, even if you're on vacation, if you could, if you could find a church on vacation where you could go and be with the body of Christ, it'd be a good idea because you need the grace that they give you. 
Grace is like the blood in the body. You need it. You need it flowing through you and cleaning you out. That's what blood does. It flows through your body and it filters out and washes the impurities out of your system that come from the foods that you eat and it gets rid of them and keeps you clean and functioning. And just by coming to church and sitting down on a Sunday at a regular interval because you need to feed your spirit or what will happen? Well, the apostle said concerning sex that if a married couple does not take care of one another's appetite that God gave them for intimacy at regular intervals and they go too far without agreement, temptation will increase and they could be pulled into deep and dark sin and destroyed. And so that is the rationale for why that appetite must be honored on a regular interval as God has ordained it to be in the human clock. You can go four days without water and you'll die. That's the clock that God set in your body. I think you can go around 70 days without food and you could die from that. So you have to fulfill the clock of the appetite. The appetite and your need for grace, this is how often you need grace. This is the rule. You need to sit in a room of the corporate gathering of the body of Christ every week, every week. And God said he wants the whole day. So it should be a day about grace. It should be a day where the lifeblood of the Lord Jesus Christ is flowing from the other parts of the body that are different from you and through you. And just by sitting in this room while we sing songs and while we preach the Bible, there is grace tangible in the room that is flowing into every open heart that sits down to hear. Just by hearing, you might not even know it, but impurities could be washed out of your spirit. And the blood cleanses me regularly. My blood is cleansing my body. My heart is pumping and my liver is filtering. And the body is working all the different organs, all the different parts to keep you healthy and strong to fulfill your purpose. And the same thing is true about the body of Christ. The eye shall not say to the hand, I have no need of thee. The hand shall not say to the eye, I have no need of thee. This is right out of the epistles. So you don't have any moral or ethical right to excuse yourself from the regular interval of sitting amidst the corporate grace of God so that you can be cleansed and strengthened to go back out into the world and make disciples of all men, amen, fulfill your purpose. You don't have any right to cut yourself off from the body of Christ and be irregular with your church attendance because you have not done that in a way that is in agreement with the covenant that you have with the church. See, the church needs to know that you're okay. It's not kind to go missing for three months and talk to no one about where you're going. Well, they went to Bohemia. Well, they didn't tell me. So we're all nervous and worried that you're dead or something. And you went over to Bohemia and didn't even talk to anybody. See, that doesn't show the proper respect for the covenant that you have with the local church and the people that God put in your life. You need to talk to somebody so that we know you're okay. Somebody say amen. That's true. You need to, need to respect one another. And so, uh, just like a husband and a wife, it's not all about me. It's about what does she need. It's not all about her. It's about what do I need as far as her perspective goes. It's a regular interval. You need to come and give the Lord a whole day every week, except for the exception is that you need a vacation. Now, listen carefully. I just told you how much I wanted you to go on vacation. This is what you need to understand. It is not right for you to vacation every other weekend. <laughs> That is not healthy because you're cutting yourself off of the grace of the body of Christ. And not only are you at a deficit of the grace of God, we are, because you didn't come give it. So we need your fanny in, the, in that bench because we believe, whether you do or not, that you have grace and your grace is needed by somebody around you. 
We want to get to know you. We want more relationships with you because we need you and you need us. And that's the way we were made. The whole universe came from a, a we, us, and an our. And God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Second Peter verse 20 of chapter one, I believe it is Second Peter 1.20. No scripture is of any private interpretation. You can't even, you're not even authorized to open the Bible alone and interpret what you believe it means without submitting that interpretation to the wise judgment of others who know more than you. This has been Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in.